It's never too early to be thinking about some of the successes that could be happening for Tennessee football in 2023. On that note, who could be all-conference players for Tennessee football this upcoming football season? Athlon Sports kind of put out there as we're going to react to it and give you some of my thoughts. All that and more here on your Wednesday, Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, welcome to it, your Wednesday edition of Locked On Ball. Appreciate you guys for being here today and uh, hanging out with us. Shout out you everydayers for coming back. If you want to be an everydayer, welcome up or come back to the show tomorrow and uh, see what it's all about. Thanks so much for making Locked On Ball. It's your first listen. I'm your host, Eric Kane. You can always find me on Twitter at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Balls. Um, got a fun show coming up. We'll get into that in just a moment. But as you can tell, if you're watching on YouTube, back on the road, it's like I'm living out of a suitcase here lately. And uh, because of Tennessee's short stay in Hoover, means I'll be living out of a suitcase uh, here in a couple of weeks as well. And uh, we'll get into that here in just a moment. But I'm on the road. I'm in Hoover, Alabama. Uh, Tennessee dropped its opening game in the SEC tournament, meaning it goes home. And uh, meaning I will go home, but I needed to shoot this podcast, so I wanted to come to the hotel room that I already paid for, and so that is why uh, I've got my road kit out here today. But I've got a fun show coming up. Athlon Sports put out uh, all conference, uh, all conference selections for the SEC and for some uh, uh, other conferences, and um, we're going to react to it. You guys know I like to make fun of uh, you know this type of stuff in the off season because uh, again we'll, we'll get to it in a moment. But uh, Athlon Sports they do great work over there. And uh, they, they have all conference selections, preseason, I guess, what you call them for the 2023 season. Uh, who from Tennessee is on those lists? And should there be any more? Uh, that's coming up here in segment number one. In segment two, I will talk about Tennessee's departure from Hoover in the SEC tournaments. I know a lot of you guys uh, might not be tuning into this podcast to hear a little baseball. We're going to get a lot of baseball here on this show uh, on a Wednesday. Uh, you guys know that I'm football, you know, 100 emoji full speed every other day. But uh, since I'm down here, it's fresh on the mind. We're going to talk a lot of baseball in segment two, and then I'm going to play a recording that I have with Ryan Shumpert of Rocky Top Insider in segment number three. So, Athlon Sports, let's go ahead and get into it. I, I had this sent to me, and Athlon Sports, they put out uh, 2023, the, the, what, what they're calling it, is 2023 SEC football all-conference team. So, essentially, this is uh, this is a preseason you know, type situation. Uh, Steven Lassen, who uh, you know does great stuff for Athlon Sports, he put it out. He put a disclaimer here. I'm going to read it. Uh, I'm going to read it here for you before we get into you know who we selected. An important note to all the all-conference teams: these are based on how players will perform in 2023. Career statistics and awards matter in the evaluation, but choosing players for the 2023 all-conference team is largely based on predicting and projecting the best for the upcoming year. Also, team strength does not play a role in these selections. These are best individual players at each position in the league for the 2023 season. So right off the bat, yeah, they, they, they list four all-conference teams. You guys know I make fun of that all the time in, in, in preseason. The SEC will put out three all-conference teams. When you go and vote at, at SEC Media Days, whether it be in Hoover, Atlanta, it's in Nashville this year, you are voting for four different teams, which is just hilarious to me. By the time you get to the fourth team, you're like, okay, who is a returning cornerback in this league who was a returning defensive tackle in this league that i know that i could put down for the fourth team so 
it just kind of is what it is. But I, I'm going to pose the question to you right off the bat. If I were to say Tennessee had X amount of all-conference players at the end of the 2023 season, who would they be? Okay. Are there any ones that just jump off the page? Well, if Tennessee is successful and Tennessee's offense is one of the top 10 in the country and all that, you would think that quarterback Joe Milton would be on that list. Okay. So a lot of that de determines on the, on the quarterback position, the success of the team and the success of the offense. So I get that. Joe Milton might be a popular name. Is there anybody else that would just be jumping off the page? Maybe Brew McCoy, wide receiver. Maybe maybe Cooper Mays on the offensive line. I'll tell you why that one's not, not a very good pick. But he's, he's a returning starter, multi-year starter, and he's a guy that everybody knows, right? Maybe Javante Spragans on the offensive line, kind of in that same boat. What about defensively? Maybe Aaron Beasley at linebacker. Maybe Amari Thomas, the defensive line. Nobody in the secondary. I, the, the point I'm trying to make is going into the 2022 season, you were like, all right, Hendon, Cedric Tillman, Jeremy Banks, maybe, you know, Byron Young. Like you had a couple that can all you could already kind of rattle off the off the tongue, right? Same thing for Joe Milton with Hendon Hooker, quarterback of this offense, all that good stuff. Uh, Jeremy Banks, a linebacker, was coming off a 128 tackle season. Um, you know, Cedric Tillman was coming off a 1,000-yard receiving season and 12 touchdowns. So those were pretty easy. I don't think it's as easy this go-around. That does not mean that Tennessee won't have all-conference players. That does not mean that Tennessee would not be successful. Did anybody think Jalen Hyatt was going to be who Jalen Hyatt was this year? Did anybody think that Bayless Jones or Cedric Tillman, for that matter, were going to be Cedric, uh, you know, Bayless Jones and Cedric Tillman in 2021? Did anybody envision, you know, some of these Aaron Beasley stepping up and being one of the better defensive players for Tennessee uh, this past season and leading Tennessee in tackles? But my point is, it's about development and getting them out there. So, uh, Athlon Sports puts out their, you know, their, their their top four teams, and I'm scrolling through here. I'm in first team offense. I don't see anybody from Tennessee on there. I'm in first team defense. I don't see anybody from Tennessee on there, and I'm just like, okay, well, is there any snubs? Okay, let's go to some of those positions. Quarterback. Who would be more deserving preseason to be an all-conference quarterback than Joe Milton? Well, off the top of my head, I would probably say Jaden Daniels. Um, based off how they're doing this here at Athlon Sports, maybe Devin Leary, maybe Spencer Rattler, maybe Will Rogers, maybe K.J. Jefferson. That last name is the one that they put up there. K.J. Jefferson, number one. Quarterback on the first team offense. Interesting. Okay. What about center? I mentioned center. Uh, Cedric Van Pran of Georgia. Well, I got news for you. He's been starting in Georgia for a long time. He's one of the best offensive linemen in the SEC. I I'm okay with that one. What about wide receivers? Juice Wells of South Carolina, Evan Stewart of Texas A&M, Malik Neighbors of wide receiver at uh, LSU. Malik Neighbors, I'm with you. I think he should be up there. Juice Wells, maybe. Evan Stewart should not be up there, in my opinion. So, Maybe Brew McCoy's got a conversation there. What about on defense? No Amari Thomas. No Aaron Beasley. Okay, I, I, I'm okay with that. I don't hate the fact that Tennessee's not represented on the first team all-conference preseason by Athlon Sports for offense or defense, okay? All right, well, let's let's scroll down here to the, to the second team, okay? Shall we? Surely maybe Joe Milton would get some love for second team. Nope, that's Will Rogers. Well, okay. I mean, he's been a returning guy. He's thrown for a ton of yards in this conference. Okay, I understand that. 
What about wide receiver? There's Brew McCoy. Brew McCoy's listed as the third wide receiver uh, you know, on this list. And I, I would take these, this trio of wide receivers over the first-team trios uh, trio of wide receivers, in my opinion. Lab McConkey of Georgia, Dominic Lovett of Georgia, George Dominic Lovett, formerly of Missouri, and then Brew McCoy of, of Tennessee. Uh, what about the center position? Since we're kind of talking about Brew McCoy, or since we're talking about um, talking about uh, uh, Cooper Mays, Seth McLaughlin, Alabama. Not gonna lie to you, I'm not too familiar with him. What about Javante Spragans? Again, he's going on his third year starting. He's not listed here on the second team offensive line. What about defense? No Maury Thomas on the defensive line. No Aaron Beasley, a linebacker. And by the way, talking about wide receivers, according to Athlon Sports, their second team preseason All SEC linebackers. Jet Johnson, Dallas Turner, J.J. Weaver, Small Munden. Those four linebackers, sign me up. I would take those every single day of the week. Okay, well, let's let's continue to move on down here. Let's go to third team. Um, surely, to goodness, Jay Daniels is going to be over here somewhere. There's Jay Daniels, third team quarterback. Okay. Your wide receivers here are Will Shepard, Ja'Cory Brooks, and Barry and Brown. Ja'Cory Brooks and Barry and Brown, I get it. Will Shepard. He's about all Vanderbilt has their wide receiver. Okay. Kendall Milton, the running back at Georgia. Okay, he's on that list. Michael Trick, the tight end of Ole Miss, he's on that list. Still no Javante Spragans. Still no Cooper Mays. Okay. Uh, blast from the past. Amarius Mims, Georgia offensive lineman, he's on this list. Let's go to third team defense. Aaron Beasley does show up on third team defense at linebacker. Shamar James of Florida, Chris Paul Jr. of Arkansas, Omar Spites of LSU and Aaron Beasley of Tennessee are your linebackers here on the third team. Let's go to the fourth team. Actually, let's go to specialist for the third team. That's where D. Williams comes in, third team preseason punt returner, according to Athlon Sports. All right, fourth team, no Joe Milton love. There's Spencer Rattler. So the quarterbacks have been KJ Jefferson, Will Rogers, Jay Daniels, and then Spencer Rattler. Again, I you know, I say all the time, I got to see it week after week. I've got to see, you know, you can put it, put one game plan together, execute it, another game plan there, execute it, another game plan together and execute it. You know, don't, you know, have a, a week to prepare for Vanderbilt and then a month to prepare for uh, Vanderbilt with an all, you know, an all program rushing record there with you and then have a month to prepare for Clemson. I'm not trying to take anything away from Joe Milton, but, you know, maybe people need to see him week after week. I understand that. Uh, let's go to third team. There's Cooper Mays at center, or fourth team, excuse me. There's Cooper Mays at center. There's Jalen Wright at running back. There's Squirrel White at wide receiver. Okay. On defense, there's Tyler Barron on the defensive line, fourth team defense. And there we go. Is there anybody else? Do you have any? I don't want to go through here and list all these different teams. I mean, there's four teams, for goodness sakes, right? That take forever. But I think the point I'm trying to get at here is it's not just a slam dunk. Though I may disagree with, you know, who they selected for their preseason, first team, second team, third team, fourth team, you know, shouldn't be any more than two teams. I put it, put it right there. Third team and fourth team is just comical, right? But maybe I'll disagree with the placement and everything. But in terms of Tennessee players, I truly think the Brew McCoy deserves to be on there. And I think Javante Spragans deserves to be on there somewhere. Javante Spragans, again, he's about to be a three-year starter in the Southeastern Conference, he blocked for a top 10 offense in 2021, and he blocked for the nation's number one offense in 2022. I think Javon Spragans deserves a little bit more love than that. I think Tennessee's running back room, top to bottom, one of the best in the SEC, but there's not a superstar in that group. Jalen Wright could be potentially, but again, he hadn't, you know, he hadn't done 
enough to warrant, in my opinion, to be on this list. And I think the way Tennessee goes about it, they they go uh, you know running back by committee a lot of the time. So could Jalen Wright lead Tennessee in rushing? He absolutely could. Could he lead Tennessee in rushes? He absolutely could. Jamari Small is going to play. Dylan Sampson is going to play as well. I think Amori Thomas deserved to be on this list somewhere. I truly do. Squirrel White, okay, cool. You know, a little 14 nod, that's fine. Um, D. Williams, 13 punt returner. Okay, that's neat. Beasley represented linebacker 13. That's okay. Uh, Tyler Barron on the defensive line, I would have had Amari Thomas. But my point is, it's not super easy. I don't think, you know, a lot of times we like to just get upset. We like to take offense to everything, and that's fair. But I think in this circumstance, like, you know, Tennessee lost a lot. So they're going to have to get out there and prove it and prove it and prove it every single week. And I do believe that Tennessee will have multiple representatives on the first team all SEC, on the second team all SEC. But, you know, they got to go out there and prove it. So I don't completely hate Athlon Sports' all-conference, you know, all-SEC preseason right now. Um, but I think Tennessee's just kind of in a position where you got to go out and prove it. If you want to see the full list of Athlon Sports preseason all-SEC, just – just Google it. Stephen Lassen's got it out there. He put it out a couple days ago. Uh, really, really good stuff. I'll try to link it in the show notes as well. Uh, coming up next, a little baseball talk. If you're not a baseball fan, if you haven't followed along, along with Tennessee baseball, I encourage you to stick around, learn a little bit. You know, we'll talk a little baseball here, and then you know, we'll get back into football tomorrow. we got some baseball talk coming up next right here on Locked on Balls. And a uh, new proud sponsor, a part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and a part of Locked on Balls. And I'm really excited about it because it is our friends, Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, they are a really, really comfortable clothing for men, for women. Fit, comfort, versatility, okay? Those are the three aspects that you need to know about Bird Dog apparel. Look better because the fit is perfect to my body. And my body's different from your body, right? Uh, comfort, stretchy, expandable. I mean, you know, you can do lunges, deep lunges in these things, and, and they're going to be comfortable for you. And the versatility, okay? I can go out to a meeting wearing some bird dog shorts. I can go on a date with my wife wearing bird dog shorts. I can, you know, go out and, and pass, you know, throw football in the yard with bird dog shorts. I mean, you know, you have endless possibilities, and they can be used for different social settings. All right, so you guys know I'm in Hoover, Alabama this week, Okay. Um, I, I thought Tennessee was going to last a little bit longer into the week, but ultimately they were one and done on Tuesday. Didn't get a chance to whip out the bird dogs in Hoover this week, but I packed them. They're in the bag over there, and I was going to wear them to uh, the Hoover Met this week. You know why? Because I was going to be there for long hours, long days. It was going to be hot. It was going to be kind of a formal setting, right, because I'm, I'm in a press box. But the comforts and the style, it was perfect for that occasion. So. Uh, I was going to wear them in Hoover, Alabama. I've got them in the bag. I'm going to turn around, put them on tomorrow when I drive home. Uh, you guys should try it out, too. Bird Dogs is fantastic. Um, I, I really encourage you guys to go to birddogs.com slash college. That is birddogs.com slash college. And when you enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, we'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. I got mine the other day. I had it in the car full of coffee driving down to Hoover early on a Monday morning or Tuesday morning. Again, www.birddogs.com slash college. Enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. They're going to throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every single order. Fit, comfort, versatility. Find your match at birddogs.com. 
All right, guys, welcome back into it. Your Wednesday edition of Lockdown Balls. Appreciate you guys being here with us. Shout out you everydayers. Thanks so much for coming back, supporting the show on YouTube by subscribing. Lockdown Balls on YouTube channel, wherever you get your listening podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you guys want to listen, you got it there. Uh, sign up, subscribe, follow, get that automatic download on YouTube. Go ahead, go ahead and hit that notification uh, bar so you are notified every single time an episode drops. I really, really do appreciate uh, the work. All right, you guys know me. I, I am at home when I'm in my home studio. I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm comfortable and all that. When I'm on the road, I've got my laptop. I've got I got a webcam that's just kind of teetering there, and that's why you see some of the shakes here, and I apologize. I've got my mic here that's in a, um, you know, kind of in a, a different type of setup. I'm not comfortable outside of my office, but uh, such is life on the road here. And I'm on the road because I'm down in Hoover, Alabama. I'm in my... Um, uh, my my hotel room here. You guys know I record the night before, and uh, I, I walked up to, I drove up to the Four Points by Sheridan, and uh, they said, "Mr. Kane, this is your lucky night." And I said, "Is it really?" They said, "We're going to put you in a suite." So I don't know if you can see behind me, but you know, behind me, this is a living room situation, and then back through that back wall that I'm looking at is a bedroom. Wish I was staying here all week, but ultimately Tennessee was one and done. So let's talk about that for a minute. What's this mean? I'll get to the game here in just a moment, but essentially. Tennessee's still going to the regionals. Tennessee, the way they finished the regular season, you know, capping off uh, 15 of the last 19 games, 11 of the last 15 SEC games, winning all those, uh, picking up win number 16 in Southeastern Conference last week at South Carolina. You have punched your ticket. You are going to the postseason, all right? Uh, no ifs, ands, and buts about it. You are likely going to be a two-seed. Um, this week was big because Tennessee had an outside uh, you know, outside looking in chance at hosting a regional. Uh, getting to that 16 win mark in the Southeastern Conference, usually good, sure. But you need to kind of get some 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 wins in, in Hoover because your road record's been so bad and your RPI is not as high as some of those other teams who are on the national seed line right now. So I, I thought going into the week, if Tennessee were to win two games, right, and if and, and I gotta be I gotta be honest with you right now, I'm recording during the middle of these games right now. Uh, but if you know Alabama lost and Auburn lost, then I thought Tennessee would have a pretty decent chance, as long as you win two games, of hosting a regional. Some things, other things need to happen. Sure, what's going on elsewhere? How many teams from the Southeastern Conference is the committee going to allow to host? All that goes into it. But I thought if you win two games, you'd be in pretty good sh uh, shot. Uh, position. Well, Tennessee went one and done, and so pretty much it's almost solidified that Tennessee's going to be on the road in regional play. Uh, according to D1 Baseball's field of 64 projections, Tennessee has been projected to go to Clemson three weeks ago, Morgantown two weeks ago. Uh, here recently, they were they were uh, projected to go to Miami. All those regions, Tennessee would be the two seed. And so, sure, you, you're not hosting, and that's unfortunate, but it's a pretty dangerous two seed. I don't think anybody Anybody would want Tennessee to be in their region as a two seed, that's for sure. You still have all the ingredients to win a regional. However, you're not playing well away from Lindsey Nelson Stadium. It took you to the last series of the regular season to pick up a road series win. That was in South Carolina just a couple of days ago. Obviously, you didn't play up to your best offensively in Hoover being one and done against Texas A&M. So there's some concern there about playing away from home. But what we know now, since Tennessee lost to Texas A&M in the opening round of the South South. Um, Southeastern Conference baseball tournaments. If I ever stutter over Southeastern Conference, it's because at Carson Newman, we played in the South Atlantic Conference. So sometimes I get those a little mixed up. <laughs> but if you uh, if you ever notice that. 
Uh, but what we know about that is, you know, Tennessee going one and done, Tennessee's likely not going to be hosting a region. So uh, what happened on Tuesday? Well, if you're unfamiliar with the format of the Southeastern Conference Baseball Tournament, it is single elimination, double elimination, and then once you get to the semis, it's back to single elimination. Uh, the winner of Tennessee, the seventh seed, and Texas A&M, the tenth seed, on Tuesday, the winner would go on to play Arkansas, you know, the next morning, and the loser would go home. And Tennessee's that loser, so it's done. It, it made a short trip over to Hoover, now heading back to Knoxville. What happened in this baseball game? Well, a lot happened. Uh, if you guys are members of allquest.com at the general quarters, if you guys hang out with me and catch up with me on the uh, on the GQ and, and follow along with the game threads, uh, there were some people giving me a little hard time every, every now and again. A couple people tweeted at me as well. And it's because the starting pitcher for Texas A&M on Tuesday was by the name of Troy Wansing, I believe is how you say his name. Uh, he was 2-2 two and two on the season, or 2-3 and three on the season, and he entered the game with a 5.98 ERA. Guys, that's bad. In fact, that's horrible. 11 starts on the season entering the day, entered with a 5.98 ERA, and he had already pitched one time against Tennessee, got roughed up, gave up four runs off four hits and an inning and a third and a start uh, back when Tennessee swept Texas A&M in Knoxville back in late March. So I made the comment kind of, you know, people were asking me in the Monday night chat and all that, like, hey, you know, what do you think about Tennessee and Hoover? What do you think about Tennessee tomorrow? I was like, I think Tennessee will win this game because Texas A&M's pitching has been so bad. And the guy they're throwing tomorrow because, again, he didn't make a weekend start because he lost a weekend role. Uh, but because those guys were you know, pitching for their lives, and just like Tennessee, you know, you, you're one, two, and three pitched on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You're not ready to go by Tuesday. And so they had to turn to Wansing. And, you know, I just thought because of that reason, I thought Tennessee would win this game. Now, nothing was ever guaranteed. That's not how things work. That's not how baseball works. But on Tuesday, boy, that starting pitcher for Texas A&M, he was the star. Again, I can't reiterate this enough. A 5.98 ERA entering Tuesday's game. Okay, He did not allow a base runner until one out in the bottom of the sixth inning, meaning his first 16 batters face in this game, he was perfect. Christian Scott, single to right field. Might have been center field. I don't remember. It was the one hit of the game, and that happened a long time ago. That broke up the, perf the perfect game. That was the only base runner Tennessee had on all game long. Just awful. Wansing is not a very good pitcher. Um, he was elite on Tuesday. Tennessee helped him out a little bit. Sure. sure. Uh, you have a breaking ball coming from the left side, a slider coming from the left side. Tennessee struggles with that. And he was superb. He went, you know, there was a rain delay at the top of the ninth inning. So because of that two and a half, two hour and 50, two hour and five minute rain delay, he didn't come back out to pitch and to do the complete game, but he, he likely would have. He goes eight innings, one hit, seven strikeouts, no walks on 95 pitches. He was really good. Tennessee just couldn't hit him, just couldn't hit him at all. Uh, conversely, Tennessee, again, because Andrew Lindsay was used and because Chase Dunlater was used and because Drew Beam was used, they had to go bullpen. But you had a guy like Seth Halverson, who's been one of your best relievers all year. Sure, he had a rough patch towards the end of the year, but – been one of your best relievers this year, and he's a former number one starter for Missouri a couple years ago. That's a pretty, pretty nice little chip to pull here towards, towards the SEC tournament. He starts the game. I thought he pitched pretty well. Too many free passes. He goes four innings, uh, four innings, two runs, three hits, six strikeouts, three walks on 83 pitches. Uh, he 
you know, he had three walks, two walks came back to bite him, a ball came back to bite him, and but I, I thought overall he was pretty sharp in my opinion. But Tennessee just had no offense, had no offense whatsoever. Again, the only hit Tennessee accounted for in the day was Christian Scott, one for three. I mean, Maui, 0 for four, two strikeouts. You had Hunter Inslee, 0 for three. Jared Dickey, 0 for three with a strikeout. Griffin Merritt, 0 for three. Christian Moore, 0 for three, two strikeouts. Zane Denton, Blake Burke, Christian Scott, 0 for three, 0 for three, 1 for three. All three of those guys are the, the first two guys. Zane Denton, Blake Burke had a strikeout. Cal Stark, 0 for three, had a strikeout. So it just kind of was what it was. It was not Tennessee's day, and that is unfortunate. But that is how... The cookie crumbles for the University of Tennessee on Tuesday in Hoover. Just not a good offensive day whatsoever. And it was a pitcher that, again, has not pitched well. Now, I think he's got good stuff, and he's pitched well in this league before. But, it, I mean, it, it's a literal fact he's not having a, a good year. It's literally it's, – it's a fact. It's called a stat sheet. It's called a PDF. Go look it up. It's, it's literally fact that the guy has not had a good year. But he was elite on Tuesday. It's unfortunate because it was against Tennessee. So uh, Tennessee is out, and Tennessee will go back to Knoxville. Uh, good, good reason, or good maybe silver lining, if you will. Tennessee will have a week and a couple of days to get ready to rest, and they'll watch the rest of the conference tournament from the house. Selection Mondays coming up on Monday. Tennessee will uh, see its draw in the NCAA regionals. And either they'll be in action Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, likely away from Lindsey Nelson Stadium. And um, I will be there. So if you guys want more coverage of that, you know where to follow me at underscore Tanner, at Locked On Balls, and right here on the show, Locked On Balls. Hey, I had a chance to catch up with Ryan Schumperts uh, during the rain delay. Not going to lie. We knocked that out during the rain delay. Knew it was going to be a long day. So uh, RTI, Rocky Top Insiders, Ryan Schumpert. He's coming up next right here on Locked On Balls. Here with Ryan Shepard, Rocky Top Insider, uh, here in Hoover as Tennessee falls to Texas A&M in the opening round. It's a short trip to Hoover as Tennessee will now head back to Knoxville and awaits their postseason draw on Selection Monday. A little less than ideal, Ryan, but at the end of the day, sure, there were some hosting implications on this week. Sure, you'd like to defend your title. Um, it's disappointing. I'm not going to act like it's not, but the important thing is what's happening in, yeah, I guess, week after next. Oh, 100%. And, you know, we talked about it on our Rocky Top Insider podcast. It, SEC Tournament is a super fun event. It is very cool to see all the fan bases, a lot of competitive games uh, frequently. But it's not really a great indicator of what's going to happen the weeks following in the NCAA Tournament. We saw that last year when Ole Miss went one and done here in Hoover and went on to win the National Championship two years ago. Mississippi State gets run rolled in their two games and goes on to win the National Championship. So everything Tennessee wants to do, they're still capable of doing it, still out in front of them. Uh, but you hit nail on the head. It's going to have to be on the road and, and almost certainly not hosting after, like you said, a, a quick trip down to Hoover. So Troy Wainsing, I believe that's how you say his name, for uh, Texas A&M. Tennessee saw him earlier this year. In an inning and a third, Tennessee had four hits, four runs, and chased him from the ball game. He entered Tuesday with a 5.98 ERA. He is not having a good year. However, baseball will do that to you sometimes. He looked like Tom Glavin out there. I mean, the jokes were going on all afternoon at Tennessee's expense. Um, if not for a rain delay, he would have went the complete nine shutout. I mean, he was really good. What, what was he doing that was so effective against Tennessee? Well, I think, one, he was just throwing it in the strike zone, and, and Tennessee he was going to make Tennessee beat him. I mean, Tennessee didn't work a lot of long, competitive at-bats, but 
you're not really going to do that when the pitcher throws a lot of strikes, and that's exactly what Wansing did. And some hard contact, certainly some bad luck for Tennessee. I can think of three hard lineouts just right at shortstop or third baseman. Cal Stark hit a ball out the center, and it would have been a two-run home run at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Uh, but Wansing was really good, and you know it was kind of a curious decision for Schlossnagel to go with him. Uh, just because it's such a crucial game for them. They were able to play on Thursday uh, to start their last series. Uh, and obviously, you mentioned that Tennessee rocked them back in Knoxville. But this is kind of the type of pitcher that's given Tennessee issues all season. You go back to Jarvis Evans uh, at Georgia, who came in after two pitches, had, what, six or seven innings on the season, and, and really dominated Tennessee. And there's Tennessee Tech, I think, had a guy at the bullpen that did that. There's been a, a handful of soft-throwing lefty relievers that, Stats don't look great that have been really effective against Tennessee in what is certainly a lefty-hitting heavy lineup. One of those power hitters from the left side is Blake Burke. SEC play's not been his best time of the year this year. At least he got moved down to the seventh spot in the order. Um, you know, for, for Blake Burke, obviously Tennessee needs to, him to be swinging well. Uh, you know, it feels like right now he's just struggling. You don't really know what you're going to get out of him. Yeah, I think that's the nice way to put it. So yeah. you don't know what you're going to get out of him. It feels like you know what you're going to get out of him, and it's not much product production. And uh, certainly I think it's gotten worse in these uh, recent weeks, but really it's been all of SEC play. I mean, entering today, he was hitting 211 in conference play, just six extra base hits. So uh, he hasn't been overly productive. It felt like the move to the back of the lineup was well overdue. I will say he's one of those guys who had a competitive at bat and hit the ball hard in and out today. Uh, but a handful of uncompetitive at bats too. So there was some more good, or a little bit of good, but still, you know, plenty of struggles. And certainly, I think if you're looking at uh, what guy Tennessee could get going that could really change the outlook of the offense going into the postseason, it's probably him because the talent's certainly there. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that I mean, arguably, you know, earlier in the year in non-conference, he was Tennessee's best player. I mean, he he looked phenomenal, and he's got that swing. He's got the the strength. He's got the hand speed, all that type of stuff. So if it can click for him, then he can be Tennessee's best player again. But right now, that's Jared Dickey, uh, Tennessee's lone all-conference player. Were, were you shocked? I, I guess I really wasn't. Um, I didn't think any starter would get it. I didn't think anybody. I mean, so I guess Jared Dickey getting all-conference second team, I'm not shocked that he was the only one. No, I wasn't. To me, the only guy I kind of eyed was Chase Burns coming out of the bullpen. But then you look at it, he only did that half the season. He didn't pitch at Georgia series, and obviously it definitely wasn't going to happen after he struggled against South Carolina uh, on Saturday at the end of the season. So he was kind of the only other guy that I think had even any bit of a case, and, and really then by uh, the time the regular season came to a close, he really didn't have much of one. Seth Halverson got the spot star for Tennessee as we shift back to Tuesday's game. Um, thought he looked okay. Um, the free passes were a little alarming to me. He walked three. Struck out six in four innings, gave up two runs, worked himself out of a couple of jams. Um, you know, a couple of times, you know, a ball came back to haunt him one time in some of those free passes. Seth Halverson's a guy that was really good early on. Uh, he was kind of shaky there in the middle part of SEC play. He's been better lately, but for Tennessee to go on and accomplish what he needs to, he and Halverson both, or Halverson and Camden Sewell both, along with Chase Burns, going to have to be big for Tennessee out of the pen yeah it, to me it feels like Halverson's trending up maybe not currently right at the, this way he was earlier in the season when he was really effective and probably Tennessee's best bullpen arm the first month, six weeks of the season but yeah I thought he was pretty solid today not great environment or conditions to pitch in uh, he second inning when he came out there it kind of started raining hard so he gives up uh, I think it was three walks and in four innings 
not what you want to see, not great, but he did a pretty good job uh, of working around it, even in the the walks. It wasn't a lot of four or five pitch walks. It was a lot of competitive at bats. I think Texas A&M deserves some credit uh, for drawing the walks as well. So he was solid. He wasn't perfect. Those two earned runs. Uh, Texas A&M did a good job of playing some small ball moving runners, um, but. Hours and plenty good for Tennessee to uh, to win uh, on Tuesday at the tournament, and certainly the blame doesn't fall on him. Yeah, a whole lot of uh, no-shows on offense, and so we'll shut the door on this. Hoover, quick trip. Tennessee loses. Tennessee did not look inspired on offense. It was not a good day, but Tennessee is going to the postseason. Tennessee closed the regular season strong. Um, starting pitching last weekend was incredible. You were on hand to watch that in South Carolina. Uh, what you saw from Andrew Lindsay, from Chase Dolan, or from Drew Beam, it's got to be encouraging heading into postseason. Yeah, it really is. And, and Lindsay, you know, he's been kind of a rock for Tennessee in the rotation. And certainly he hadn't been that good uh, at any point in the season. But you feel like you know what you're getting from him just about every time out. And it feels like that floor is pretty high right now for him and a bad start. Dolander, uh, to me, that was the most positive of all of them because he was just so dominant. I mean, yeah. he was Chase Dolander of 2022 uh, against South Carolina. And when you look at it, you know, he's kind of been like that, where he's slowly been getting better and better. Mississippi State start when he was had a fever was kind of the one uh, that didn't follow that trend uh, there in the middle of conference play. But besides that, he'd had a lot of good starts and a lot of starts that felt like he was better than the numbers indicated, which is kind of the same thing at South Carolina. So I think you had to feel really good about him. And then Drew Beam is the one that I don't know how you feel about him, but certainly it felt like he was pitching for his postseason role and or the final game in a series on Saturday afternoon against South Carolina. And he pitched really well. So you assume he's going to be in there again. What to expect from him? I think it's kind of hard to say. There's been a lot of inconsistencies. At least you feel better about him now than you did a week ago. So I, I, that's, that's something to build on. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it goes from, you still think Drew Beam's going to be a guy. You're going to be one of your main starters in the postseason. Whereas if he had another bad start, you were, almost testing Seth Halverson today or someone like that where you're trying to figure out all of a sudden who's going to be your third starter uh, with a guy that most likely, unless it would have been Chase Burns, wouldn't have had a ton of starts. All right, last thing. So, you know, we'll see. We're recording this right after the Tennessee game. It's game two in Hoover. There are a lot more games this week that will happen. Two very important games later on Tuesday night. We'll have to be paying attention to. Uh, But it looks and feels like Tennessee kind of – uh, lost its chance to host. And so going to be on the road, likely. We'll have to wait until uh, Selection Monday uh, to see where they're going to go. D1 baseball projections earlier this week had him going to Miami, so we'll have to see about that. But anyway, going on the road, how worrisome is that? Tennessee did pick up its first win on the road in the regular season finale at South Carolina, which was good. But it's a team that's not been great on the road and, of course, was a no-show here in Hoover. No, they haven't been very good on the road. And I would just say, I think when you look at – the back half of SEC play, and it's been true the whole season, but the back half of SEC play, Tennessee was really good. The one flaw, question mark, that still was stood out pretty heavily is just the offense was very inconsistent uh, away from Lindsey Nelson Stadium. There have been some really good performances, 10-run performances at South Carolina, at Georgia, uh, but a lot of clunkers mixed in there uh, as well, and certainly I think the worst clunker of the bunch today. Ryan, appreciate it, man. You got a lot of stuff over at RTI, Tennessee baseball, and Tennessee everything, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, plenty of stuff on Tennessee baseball. I had a feature on A.J. Russell come out uh, this morning, so go check that out. He got a little bit of run, looked good uh, this afternoon. I, I think is one of those guys that's probably Tennessee's going to lean on a little more heavily in the postseason than they have in the regular season. Really great stuff there from Ryan Shepard. appreciate him taking the time and talking a little Tennessee baseball with me, and I appreciate you guys for tuning in and taking part of Locked On Balls. We'll get back into heavy football content tomorrow. I'll be getting back in town. 
Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the all-conference discussion with Athlon Sports putting that out there. Who do you believe will be an all-conference football player for Tennessee in 2023? If you got any baseball questions for me, let me know. Um, I, you know, I cover baseball at BallQuest.com. I'm at every single game, and you know, I've written probably over 150, maybe 200 articles on baseball this year. So if you guys have a question, we can talk about that. But as always, you know, we're the number one place to find Tennessee football content every single day. That is Lockdown Balls. We'll be back tomorrow. Appreciate you guys. Shout out to everydayers. Please subscribe, follow us, Lockdown Balls on the YouTube channel, anywhere you get your podcast. And thanks so much, as always, for making Lockdown Balls your first listen. Uh, we'll see you again tomorrow, guys. Appreciate you.